Look at the Boga Honey Podcast. That's why I, I tried not to have camps on my bow. I don't have to deal with slippage or anything Shut like that. Up. Just put a new string on there, you're fine. What is Boga? But seriously, that's the dumbest thing ever. It, it go, I am all about Just strap it to your pack. Really appreciate the fact that you're from Michigan and not Georgia. So you don't want to be the next Mark Kenyon. No. I'm a shit show. <laughs> that's, that spot's taken. You can see how pathetic Jared's face is right now. <laughs> because that's how it looked. It was just like, is this good enough? Before we begin today's episode, we're going to quick thank some of the companies that helped make this show possible. Not sure if you guys have heard, but HuntWise has come out with what it calls HuntCast 2.0. Recently, they partnered with Jeff Sturgis, who has decades worth of data, and they've taken that data to compile a prediction as to when you should be out in the woods. So they, they rank it on a scale of 0 to 100%, or the way we prefer it is deer. So when it's a five-deer day, you better be in the woods. So check it out, become an elite member, and learn how to maximize your time in the field, because really, you can't put a price on a good hunt. Tree saddles. We've all heard of them, and we love using them. Why? They're lightweight, they're easy to use, and if you use the right company, you can have everything you ever need for saddle hunting. In walks, trophy line. (laughs) Trophy line. (laughs) Just came out with a platform this year called the Mission Platform, and they came out with sticks to go with it. So why else would you want to use another company? Go to trophyline.com, use the promo code BOGA, Hunting TL20. <laughs> Worst code ever. <laughs> Longest code ever. But do it because you get a good discount. You get 20% and it's off. good stuff. Trophyline.com. A lot of people ask us why we partnered with First Light. And it's because they have amazing systems, and the base of all those systems is around merino wool. Merino wool is great because it keeps you warm when it's cold out and cold when it's warm out because it pulls moisture away from your body. And best of all, it doesn't stink. No so stink. if you're looking for a, a great new system, can't recommend them highly enough, firstlight.com. We all know that Vortex is the leader in optics, so we can't say enough good things about them. We love them. We use them in the field every time we're out there. But what most people don't know is their clothing line is just as good. There's a brand new fall line that's just come out. We've got a couple of pieces from that line, and they are freaking awesome. So if you want to save 20% on your next purchase, head over there and use the promo code BOGA20 at checkout for 20% off. Jared, how much do you weigh? Probably I'm pushing 200. Well, I got good news for you, pal. If you drop in the woods, throw my seek outside pack on, throw you in the meat hauler, I'm dragging you out full one trip. The seek outside short tail. The pack that we decided to run this year at Boga Hunting works in a tree stand, hauls a lot of weight, cinches down or expands based on what you need, and it's great for hiking too. If you want to save 5% off on your next purchase, use the promo code BOGA. I was going to say, you guys, um, with with um, you, with COVID, you've uh, people go outside now. What the heck is with that? Yeah. Yeah, very, very much so, and I think there's something to wood stoves and a teepee that get people really like you know if they can't live in their house, they would rather live in that. You know what? I would. Uh, As two guys who have spent their fair share of time in a wood burning stove teepee, it's pretty great. It is pretty sweet. It's about as good as it gets outside of home. Yeah, you know, I mean, so so I think that has helped us as well. You know. Um, yeah. But I just think everybody's going outside yet. Yeah, I think most people now during the industry are, are having a great year, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, we, we, we talked about it a lot. Um, by us uh, in Michigan, it's like a 95% increase in first-time hunters. So uh, going out hunting public land is a little has been very different for us this year. I mean, with um, especially hunting, we're in the Grand Rapids area. So in that area, we've just seen tons of guys. Um, not so mm-hmm. much up north. Uh, when we were up, up nope. there, I don't, I don't. I feel like it was pretty normal there. We did run into one guy, or at least when we were out the first day. You did, yep. yeah. Yeah, we wrote him a little note. <laughs> we we came up on him. It's funny. We get out of our car, and he was there. Even we were there like at one. I thought we were there early. Yeah, and he, he was, was there early. And so I'm like, oh wow! But then in the back of his car, you see like the tethered and sticker and the hunting public. So it's like, oh, 
you know, mm-hmm. if this guy follows them, like he's probably going to be farther back in and, and stuff. And so sure enough, we get to this spot that we really liked and it's back there and we see just the back of a guy <laughs> sitting. In saddle. Yeah, hanging in. Was he in a saddle? Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, oh, you know, uh, we'll turn around. So Jared, Jared's like, hey, give me a piece of paper and a pen. So we just wrote him a little note on his uh, his yeah. car, and Left he was a little note on the dash and our uh, Instagram handle. Yeah, and just said, hey man, we That's saw you. One up. follower. Yep. See that? That's how you grow. A <laughs> yeah, he was. He wrote a us a, bit, a nice note. That was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it was good to. It's good to like when, when you're out. You know, talk. It's like we, we, you know, I think it's called trailhead diplomacy. Mm. But it's like you know, just be buddies and be be a kind person to people out there, and it's. Uh, goes pretty well for mm-hmm. you so yeah it worked out pretty well for me this year we um a elk spot that, that i've hunted for five years now and seen uh two people maybe in yeah. total over five years uh, i had two guys show up with llamas this year <laughs> uh and and just by again being nice and talking and you know being oh, we're gonna hunt in these drainages you know you might look in these drainages they've never been there before right from minnesota Nice. Um, we end up shooting a bull, and he uh, packed it out for us. Oh wow! And he what? Yeah. Packed it out. Oh, he, he did. Oh, yeah, that's wrote, that's a beautiful thing. Llamas and, and took it out for us. So. Jared, why don't you pack out my stuff with a llama? Usually, I, <laughs> usually I am. You are the llama. Be like, yeah, Jared. Uh, that's cool. Well, you know, so let's just jump right into it. For people who um, who don't know, Dennis, you want to introduce yourself, uh, who you are, what you do. Sure. So I'm the uh, brand manager over at Seek Outside. Um, so I spend a lot of time on my computer. I work at home home these days uh, since the dispersing of all the people at the shop. Uh, but yeah, so we work on kind of our, our digital presence, as it were, and then also uh, products a little bit, some uh, design things with Kevin. Yep. I host our podcast with Kevin, mm-hmm. uh, the Seek Outside podcast, and yeah, just kind of all around Seek Outside stuff. Yeah, no, that's, well, first off, I got to ask, how's working from home? How's that been going? Is, does that work well for you, or is that, you know, kind of, diff- are you kind of a social guy that needs to be around a lot of people? Yeah, it's uh, both of those things. So it, it works well. Uh, you know, I can maybe get more done sometimes. Uh, right. Then, then you can when when everybody can knock on your door or, or open your door and ask questions and you know all the things. Yeah. And the other thing is is that you know, it's it's hard. I spend a lot of time on the phone. You know? Yeah. So but it's it's a horse of piece that way. You know, I spend a lot of time still talking to the same people. Right. Just do it via the phone this time uh, or these days, anyways. Yeah. No, it's, I- it's not too bad. I I do have a two and a half year old daughter that runs around too. So she keeps, oh, yeah. she keeps me on my toes uh, while we're, while I'm trying to get things done. So. No, I know how that is. I, uh, I actually, I like working from home. I, uh, I get in a kind of the zone when I'm working and I, if I'm in a, I have a hard time going in and out of the zone. You know, I got to lock in and, and be locked in for a while. So I put the old, uh, earbuds in, put them on uh, mute mode or whatever. So like can't noise canceling mode. Mm-hmm. Can't hear sure. the world. I might as well be, you know, in a, totally different country like no one can bother me and I'm, I'm good to go so yeah um yeah th- there's definitely advantages you know definitely advantages to being at home um but it, at the same time i i still i try to get to the shop once a week sometimes yeah you know, just to make sure everybody's still there right no um, well you know actually we should actually you know reverse even further and, and for people who listen to our podcast i know they'll, they'll hear in the ads and stuff but you know we work with you guys at seek outside we we like your gear but like explain to people you know a little bit about what seek outside does what your you know ethos is and mm, you know what you, what word. your what, do you like that mm-hmm. it's, it's greek <laughs> you don't swear <laughs> yeah so what's your like just t- tell us a little bit about seek outside sure yeah so i will give my version of the history and uh, so I've I've known Kevin and Angie Tim, and so they're the uh, uh, Kevin and Angie are the owners and the founders of Seek Outside. I've known them for probably four or five years, um, and I just started working with them over a year ago. So this would be kind of my version. You know, I might not get all details correct, uh, but yeah. Seek Outside's been around for ten years. Uh, kind of got started because Kevin wanted a hot tent. So yeah. a tent uh, with a stove in it, and they were all pretty expensive or, or whatnot. And Angie was like, well, I can make one of those. 
And so they, they essentially sold one uh, and, and made one and then decided that, hey, maybe we could sell these and, and turn it into a business. So uh, that's kind of how it got started. And, and for a long time, was very, you know, um, very boutique in, in a sense in that they were bending and folding all the titanium wood stones right. uh, in their basement <laughs> themselves. Uh, they had one sewer pretty much making uh, one or two, two sewers for a long time and making all of the gear, uh, you know, to put that in contrast. Now we're, we're over 40 employees at this point. Nice. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's gone from there. And, and so Seagull outside definitely started to kind of, uh, um, kind of change or, or uh, influence, you know, that backcountry experience. Yeah. So a hot tent is just, and, and I know you guys, you guys have spent some time in a teepee with a stove. Uh, it, it just changes changes that experience when it's cold outside. You know, um, it gives you something to do on those on those long days when it's when it's dark for more hours than it's light. Yeah, well, it's like I, I think of two different experiences that I've had in the like backcountry. Right, one is with my little brother Jake. We go, we hike in. It takes us for our we're elk hunting in Colorado, actually. Um, and we get all the way back. Uh, I forgot where it was. I don't, I'm not even keeping secrets because I didn't find any elk there. But uh, <laughs> I want to say Strawberry Lake. No, I don't remember. Anyways, uh, so we, I get out there, and it took forever. You're tired, and it gets dark, and it's not that late. And you're so cold. It was it was second rifle, and it was cold. So it was like, you're mm-hmm. so cold, all you can really do is just get in your sleeping bag and just, like, lay there. Like, what else do you do? Mm-hmm. And then contrast it to when you, me, and couple buddies went small game hunting like right the day before it closes here in michigan and it was negative 20 degrees and we went at the end of the day obviously you're freezing you've been walking all all, outside all day and it drops down to the negative 20s and we we sat around we like hung out all night you know uh and it was just very different because one it's like you're up there you're you're in your your tent and it's like i'm done i have nothing else to do i just want to be warm and this kind of sucks as opposed to you get to your teepee and it's nice and warm and it's kind of relaxing you know it, it gives you something to do, you know, uh, cutting wood and, and just, I don't know, prepping that camp and then yeah. being able to hang out in there and uh, tell stories and, and do all the things over a campfire and, yeah. and be warm when you know it's really, really cold outside or snowing. Um, yeah, it, it's great. And so Seek Outside started doing that um, and then, you know, have really pushed some boundaries as far as uh, bringing in kind of the ultralight back bagging scene into the hunting world mm-hmm. right you know, so we can make uh packs backpacks right now that are sub four pounds um getting close to three pounds uh, really close to three pounds that can carry that can carry 200 pounds so you know same frames we put in a hunting pack that might be five closer to five pounds uh, we can get you know close down to three pounds which is kind of crazy you guys use like vibranium. I was watching Captain America the other day. <laughs> That's with, with the secret metal you use, light and extremely strong. <laughs> no, no I I really appreciate the uh, the lightweight aspect of the tent because when I've thought about or when you whenever you think about a hot tent, sometimes you think about you know these long narrow a frame type tents that weigh a hundred pounds and they do. They were up in the hundreds. Those you uh, gotta put a pole at every you know inner junction and i I mean we set one up at um at deer camp last year yeah with with, uh, arrow hunter guys arrow hunter guys that were there yeah it it took god i want to say almost like an hour it was big but it was just like man and and all the corners get cold like he's like well this is the like one of the warm sides because you only have one stove for like this whole big there's a lot of space that is hard to fill Yeah, a lot of dead space yeah but with the teepee it's you stake it down put a pole up and then i mean you're you're done yeah Oh, if if you stand up and go right at the like where the it funnels up to the top in the tent, that's where the, that that real heat is. That real heat. Yeah, so. stand up, put your boots on. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and and learn yeah learn how hot it is at the mm-hmm. at the peak. Yeah. We start. We've actually started taking a uh, a little battery fan, and kind of clipping it up there and blowing the heat back down. Yep. Pro yeah, tip. Absolutely, mm-hmm. it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pro tip for sure. That's a Jared tip. Actually, that's You're the welcome. kind of thing that Jared. He That's what comes, I bring to the game. He brings a lot of those, um, you know, wily ways. One hit wonder, almost. 
Yeah, no, I think you've got more than one hit. <laughs> okay. I might not say that much, but in my mind, it's like, man, I got a great tip. Yep. And I then, love his and tip. And then it's gone. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> so that's why I got to get it out while I still can. No, that's cool. So backpacks, teepees and backpacks, we've been, especially this year, using the uh, short tail pack and frame. Um, whether we, you know, use the actual bag itself or sometimes we'll take that frame and we'll throw the Merlin pack on just when it's warm out or we want to go light or just kind of have stuff out of the way. Or you can just cinch down the big bag. Actually, the, once I put that short tail bag on, I just I never switched away from it. It's been my go-to all year. So, yeah. So let's. I want to kind of dive into some of the things you guys do. Talk a little bit about backcountry, you know, living. So a lot of the, the hunts we do, we're camping out. We're way back, you know, in a teepee somewhere, even if it's just for whitetail. Which lots of people guys, lots of people we talk to, think of whitetail as you go to the back forty, you walk out there, you hunt, and that's it. But there's a lot of spots where you got to hunt, you got to walk out, um, and it's nice to have a warm place to come back to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, now, like Jared said, we've appreciated the lightness of your stuff. Although I will say, uh, your backpacks should you jump dunk them into a lake? <laughs> so I'm, I'm kayaking this weekend, and uh, <laughs> dude, so it was uh, it was awesome. It, it, we were out there. It's like sustained 30, 40 mile an hour winds. It's raining, right? We're we're just loving it. We're sitting mm-hmm. out there. I had a blast. Um, but on the way back, we're like, hey, let's check out this little peninsula on this lake. Let's let's go out and check it out. So like, all right. So as I'm approaching, the waves are just getting bigger. And the video online didn't really show how, yeah, didn't do it, uh, how crappy. The, it was the, the seas were angry that day, my friend. The gales of November. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm coming in. All of a sudden, my bag starts to slide a little bit. I'm like, crap. So I grab it, but it slips because it's got my saddle, my sticks, all my platform. It's got mm-hmm. some clothes mm-hmm. in it. It's top heavy. I mean, it's it's heavy, right? I saw, I saw you lost the stick too. I so. did. It fell in. I lost <laughs> one of the sticks. So I talked to Trophy Line. I think they're gonna they're gonna help me find another you one. You know what? Thank you guys. You. Yeah, Thank because guys. I'm like, dang you. Uh, what do you do? I'm glad I didn't fall in because what really was tricky is you were once about I was. To. One, yeah, I dude, I was actually close. Once I pulled it back onto my uh, my kayak, which was way too short, I had the little one. You guys had those long. Well, oh, yeah, first come, first serve, man. <laughs> and uh, it, it it was hard to steer or do anything with it because it was heavy and it was in the front, and I had mm-hmm. a rifle that didn't have any way to attach to my <laughs> my boat. So looked like mm-hmm. he was playing Battleship. With it was his rifle. Yeah, it was sticking out the front. So <laughs> it was uh, it was rough, but you know, a lot of my stuff actually stayed dry. The only stuff that got wet was the stuff where I didn't have the zipper all the way closed, mm. which you hate to see. You do hate to see it, <laughs> but it happens. You know. Well, next next time you need to strap that thing down. You know what? I'll give you a little bit of benefit of the doubt. I did tell you, hey, man, you need to put your pack this way because that's how you I did. have it. Yeah, it doesn't and, work at my short boy. And then what happened to mine? <laughs> my pack actually fell in a second. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it was, wasn't – it was fun. We we uh, It was rainy, but we, we – we, let's just say for packs, we, like, ran them hard. Got yeah, them we wet. Do. Yep. You, got them, you got, get your, all your crap dried out? Oh, yeah. Did you? Yeah, most of it didn't get wet, though. Yeah. Because, the, it, I mean, once the zippers close on those packs, it's – there it's titanium yeah nothing's coming yeah rock rock solid um you guys it looks like you guys need a canoe to haul we really need it you guys messing around with these kayaks well it was convenient what that was you know we should have brought yeah and we don't have you know like a pickup truck i don't have a pickup i'm rocking a g pontiac g6 you have a Pontiac. that is a woman's car you know what? It is beautiful for my commute. Yeah, that's true. You know? Yeah. Is that like an Oprah car or something? <laughs> yeah, it's probably, yeah. <laughs> you know what? The sports car. That's right. right. Anyone it, can it's drive a faster than the uh, Honda CRV that I'm cruising around. If it's if it means anything. Those, too, that's yeah. is that six ponies? That's six ponies. Nice. Man. Yeah, um no. we we went uh, no. We we went uh hard this weekend, but um yeah, like I said, the uh, the pack's been great for for hauling stuff. And that's you guys aren't. That's like a new type of pack for you, right? Like the, the seek out the the uh, short tail. The short tail. The short tail, yeah, yeah. yeah but just, you know, something that people had asked for, and, and we thought, you know, we we hadn't really incorporated a lot of zippers and a lot, definitely no real like zipper pockets, right? Uh, in in packs before, so that's kind of our first first foray into something that essentially comes with a brain right? yeah. if, if people are uh, uh, accustomed to or, or know like that pack anatomy like a brain at the top um, a little pocket with a zipper so that's yeah that's, that's kind of i didn't know that yeah like the brain in your pack uh usually a lot of brains are removable 
Jared's is. Oh man, is it ever? Yeah, that's sweet. Uh, no, that's been, it's been good. It's uh, nice and light. Like I said, the, it cinches down real tight. Yeah. G clips, by the way, I'm a big that you converted me. I'm a big G clip guy. Mm-hmm. Wasn't before. Yeah, yeah. So, in in why not before? I guess or or just like no experience with them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like I just had never seen very much of that in the packs that we had used in the, the past. Did we ever have any of those? I've, I've never had any experience. With, are they more common, I guess, to Western like packs? Um, no, I don't. Uh, there's not a whole lot of people that use them. You know, um, Mystery Ranch uses a form on the, on their sternum strap. I guess okay. that you can clip on and off, uh, or that has a clip on it. But uh, we like using the gatekeepers or, or kind of the. the um, I guess that's what we call them, gatekeepers. Is that what they're called? Uh, gatekeeper strap. Did you call it a G? I thought it was a G clip or something. Did I say G strap? No, G string. G string, I believe. G string. In your uh, Pontiac G6. Right? Yeah, it's oh, right. Oh, no. <laughs> Jared. Yeah, I'm just... yeah that's oh, actually really no. good. Yeah. G6. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, the. the uh, gatekeeper straps, anyways. Uh, so for people that maybe can't see them uh, or don't know what they are, they have a, a gate on them, kind of like a carabiner would have a gate, uh, and so you can clip them on and off of things. Uh, we like them because it it really makes our stuff um, modular or, or customizable. Yeah. You, know, you can you can take all the compression straps if you want, or you can take mm-hmm. none of the compression straps. You know, you can kind of play with it. You can attach multiple bags to it. Um, in different configurations. So, you yeah, had the, the gatekeepers are, are pretty cool. Yeah, you you with these configurations, you don't know what that does to a, me. Mm-hmm. Like when there are different configurations for something, my <laughs> oh, I obsess over it for some reason. Like, what's the best way to do it? And it, I it bugs me if I've not we found that. We literally, best. I came over and we almost spent like an entire day. Just we took the pack down all the way down to yep. the frame and messed with it. We just started figuring out like there's so many. So many possibilities that you can do with all this stuff, and we just started going through our our setup. And it's like, well, what if we can, you know, put this, you know, strap right here and cinch it right here, and then yep. this will be able to hold up that. And it was like, it, it took us at least twelve different. Oh yeah, twelve different ways to get it the way we wanted. Uh, what can I tell you? My my what I've landed on. Hmm. So sure, yeah, yeah. So thus, imagine the short tail apart. Where actually, what I do is I leave the the top of it connected, and I take the bottom the off. Brain. The, yeah, oh yeah, the whole, I guess the brain section. So it's like flipped up open, like a clamshell, but the bottom is where it opens, not on the top. I like that better. Okay. So what I do is I'll throw my sticks and my platform in there, take a gatekeeper strap. There you go. And strap it down to the frame, and then put the bag over it with two clips on the top, and that's it. It holds it in. And the reason I lost stick that one uh, this weekend is because I was in a hurry. I just didn't want to do anything, so I didn't do all that. I just kind of threw it in. And I figured it'll be fine. If I my thought was if it falls in, I'm gonna lose it all anyway. So who cares? <laughs> and uh, well, that's why. That's why because I, I didn't do my 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 system. your checks. Yeah, you didn't get to do your checks. I'm always. I feel like I'm always in a hurry though, and I'm trying to either get out of a tree stand or get into a tree stand. I never. I'm just taking my time. <laughs> Slow down, dude. Like when you're leaving the tree stand, is because it's dark outside. I just feel always hurried. Like getting in, I want to get in quick. Yeah, I just I'm like I want to get in real quiet and quick, right? Mm -hmm. And so I try to get there early and just which I didn't do this morning and blew out a deer. Uh, But I like to try to get there quietly and get in. But at night, I'm just like, well, you know, that's it. Got to go do. I got things to do. I got you know. Get back. Got to get back. And I plus it's just like I'm I'm, I've got a sense of hurry. I I don't know why really. Not a hurry, determination. Yeah, just like getting this You're done. You're determined. And it's like, and um, it's always like, that's where I skimp on, ah, you know, it's kind of packed. You know, it's kind of dark, so it's like, eh, close enough. Uh, yeah, I, I you didn't. know what? That's and that's your, when you that's drive your, your mistake, stake man. in the lake. It's right next to the boat motor. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll, we'll leave that for you. Yeah, that's right. There's a there's a, uh, fa- a long-running family story where, you know, I'm going to tell the story. My uncle, you know, it's really right. short. My uncle bought a new boat motor. Like a uh, for like a John boat, is that a common term? You know, John, John mm-hmm. boat yeah, John is. boat. Yep. Um, yeah. But yeah, the boat. the where the boat attaches or the motor attaches to the boat, it's wood, and it was kind of rotten, and so he just clamped it down and figured it would stay. Well, me and my cousin are driving around on the boat, uh, which he says we were like doing donuts and stuff, and we were not. 
How about you were? I, I wasn't even uh, driving. John Allen was driving, man. <laughs> oh, John Allen? Yeah, he, yeah, he doesn't do he donuts. He doesn't do donuts. <laughs> he doesn't do donuts. Uh, and all of a sudden, it just jumped, it like jumped off the back. And so for a second, he had grabbed it by the fuel line, <laughs> and it's just running underwater. Oh, my And then goodness. it just goes down. So first thing I did, I just jumped in, right? Like, I got to find where this thing is. And for a, I'll say this, for a brief second, I had it, right? I, I found it. No, I just kind of like touched it with my toe. It was pretty shallow. <laughs> I'm like, I got it, you know, and before you know it, it this, the muck of the lake just, sucked, just it up. sucked it up. We looked all summer. We had scuba, not scuba gear. What's the uh, snorkel? Snorkel gear. Gear. Snorkel we were just gear. going to town and could not, we lost it. Really? Yeah. Brand new motor. He he was a little <sighs> mad. But he always blamed us. But I'm like, I was like 12 <laughs> years old. You get blamed for a lot of things though. You know what? I'm gonna, I'm the uh, the scapegoat. Somebody's got to be. Well, is, the, is the easy out to blame blame the younger person right well and usually it is my yeah. fault so you did make um you do make some pretty good choices when it comes to hunting though do like, i yeah like generally uh just like last year i mean you picked out a great camping spot and oh, you're yeah. like i've got a great tent to go with it yep. like, really who's it from and he started explaining everything but the fact that you were able to you know kind of find those hunting locations you know man yeah, i'll give it to you you know that's but like what what goes through your head when you make those things? When I'm picking what? Like when you're picking a spot. When I'm picking a spot to camp or hunt? Yes. When I'm picking a spot. So when I'm picking a spot to camp, hunt, I'm looking for uh, well, things we talked about before, out of the way, not, not a lot of people around. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you get into the, the funnels and everything else, food, bed, and all that we've talked about. But, like, like you said, the camping is kind of a big part of it because for us to find these out-of-the-way spots, uh, we need to, you know, kind of go where you have to camp to get anywhere you can't like drive in or mm-hmm. you know be close so it's been big like i said uh having having tps and, and stuff um but just to ask you uh dennis like when you're sure. pick, when you're picking out a camping spot and this is something jared and i talk about a lot when we're out there like mm-hmm. what are you looking for when you're picking a location like is it you know are there certain like land features that you want when you're picking a place to set up camp or what, what's your process for sure. checking that out yeah. Um, so I think it, it really depends sometimes on how much time you have. You know, sometimes you just don't get a good spot. Right. You know, sometimes you get in, it's dark already or whatnot, and you don't get a good spot. But um, if you have time and, and you can do a little bit of research and, and find, you know, and knowing your climate uh, as well uh, helps. But yeah, if you, if you have some time, you know, um, a lot of a lot of people like to camp close to water. Right. Uh, and what can happen when you when you camp close to water is, you know, uh, uh, if you're in the Midwest, kind of like where, where you guys are at, mosquitoes. it'll create so much more condensation. Yeah, mosquitoes and, and condensation at night, you know, and, and it can actually make it way colder as well. Oh, being okay. that close to the water. Um, is that just because the thermals are going to drop down to the to the water? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, it's going to bring all the cold air down. Um, so sometimes if you can, you know, and it might even be only be a change of 100 feet or so uh, to get up on a, on a rise that's a little bit higher than being like on the shore uh, of a river um, or a drainage or, or something like that. Uh, you're going to be that much warmer. And then also it's going to just help with the condensation. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if anybody's seen, you know, kind of the, those low hanging valleys in the morning when it, and it's oh, yeah. uh, very moist and cloudy or, or whatnot, you know, camping in there is just going to cause a lot of that condensation and a lot of that moisture. Um, if you're able to camp camp up and out of that, you're going to just stay drier and warmer, you know? Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Uh, I guess one of the big things I've been taught is the, I think it's four W's. You always, that was what I was trying to remember the other day. Wind, Wiggles, Widowmaker, and what's the last one? <laughs> water? Did you say water? No, it's like things to avoid or something. I think it was wa- it. water would make sense. <laughs> You know, like, uh, wash what's, out, what's, wash out, wash outs. We got washed out once. So you don't want to, you don't want to set up camp in a washout. Oh, sure. Yeah. You don't want to set up around like, yeah, wiggles, yep. stay out of the wind and stay out of like widowmaker trees. Wiggles being creepy bugs. crawlers. Bugs. Yeah. Gotcha. Nah, bugs. My yeah. nemesis. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Wiggles. Um, yeah, totally, totally. Widowmakers right for people, dead trees that mm-hmm. obviously look like they get tipped over, over at any time. Uh, are are bad bad deals, you know. Mm-hmm. I think there was a lady. I think there was a lady killed in Colorado this year with a tree tree fell on her tent. See? 
Um, you just know, took it's, my it's advice. something that happens. Dude, I will say this, though. A mm. lot of times when we've camped, I've laid in bed at night because <laughs> we've had some windy nights, and I thought, you know, there, there's a good chance a tree falls on me tonight. Like, And it never does, and I think I'm more paranoid when I'm out there than it's what's actually going to happen. But sure. I'm always like, man, this tree's going to they, – look at those. All these trees above us are just knocking, knocking together with the wind. You it's know? clapping. It's yeah. clapping. If not a whole tree, a branch, man. Maim me at least. Yeah. Have you ever been in your tree stand and had the had the not the tree you're in, obviously, but uh, watched a tree tip over? Oh yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. They that happens a lot more than because I I'm I've lived in I'm in a house kind of deep in the woods right now, not really deep in the woods, but it's in the woods. It's not and deep at all. It's I don't know why I feel like I said deep, but yeah. You're, anyways, you're it's off in the woods. The road. I've. Uh, but we live, we've got a ton of trees. We're in the woods. And I am surprised by how many trees fall in a given storm or huge limbs. Mm-hmm. Like just yesterday, two days ago, Laura saw one go down. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a, a crazy thing, you know, but uh, had it, like, you, like you're saying, does the chance of a tree falling on you, I guess, when you're, when you're camping are probably pretty slim. Right. Unless you make a unless you make a very poor choice on a giant tree <laughs> that, that looks like, you know, that you could push over yeah um, and, and then trying to camp in it so you know being in a in a sheltered spot is is advantageous um all the you know most of the time and in finding you know finding those spots can kind of make or break your hunt sometimes it's just is finding a good spot to get out of the weather yeah you know to protect yourself instead of instead of pitching pitching out on, on something that man the the view Maybe really, really great, um, but you might get destroyed if if a storm comes through. You know that's ex- so. Last year, I went and I camped all through Nova Scotia with with my wife and my daughter, and we get to a spot right. It's a, it's in Meat Cove, so it's pretty north, and uh, it's right on the Atlantic. And I'm like, hey, this is a cool campsite. We should you know camp right by this. Cl- it's kind of like a cliff. <laughs> And then it goes right into the ocean, and it's it was kind of calm. And I'm like, man, this is just beautiful, right? This is a, the spot to camp. Well, like 30 minutes later, we were we just had finished. We went clam digging, cook, eating our clams. Uh, we're getting ready to go to bed, and all of a sudden, the, that that uh, sea breeze, that Here sea wind comes. comes in, and I'm like, man. And actually, I didn't have the teepee. I had um, a regular floor tent. I think it's like a marmot floor mm. tent. And mm-hmm. I'm. See, well, that, that's your problem. No, I'm just. Yeah, no, no, that's, it <laughs> would have been better to, to have the teepee. You hate but, to see it. Uh, I'm. I drove my car way too close to the edge of the cliff to try to block the wind and to hold <laughs> down the, the spikes. I drove on part of the tent, dude. It was messy, but actually nothing tore, nothing broke. But I, from that time on, I'm like, just because it's beautiful, doesn't mean that's no. where you want to be. In fact, you pro- most of the time those really beautiful spots you shouldn't probably camp there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> most most of the time. I think it's time for a break. Yeah, we we were getting long winded. Yep, it's time for a break. We're gonna thank a couple of our uh, couple more sponsors. Who doesn't love smoked meat, Jared? Communists. That's who doesn't <laughs> like smoked meat. If you're not a communist, check out Gorilla Grills. So whenever you go out to the field and you procure your own game, mm-hmm. you can bring it back and press your wife. Your husband, your kids, your, your friends, fam- friends, your family, anybody with your smoked meat. Check out GorillaGrills.com for all your smoking needs. Everybody knows that arrows are the lifeblood of the hunting industry. If you're a bow hunter, your worth is measured in the amount and the quality of arrows that you have. If you have good arrows, and a lot of them, you are arrow rich. And everybody wants to be arrow rich. Everyone wants to be arrow rich. And one way of doing that, using vector arrows. Why? They are the best. They are tough. You can go to their website, enter all your bow specs in, and they'll spit out the exact arrows that you need. Check them out, VectorCustomShop.com. And be arrow rich. If you're looking for quality, handmade, traditional archery equipment, look no further than Bivouac Bow Co. Jim and Georgia, actually we had them on the podcast, episode 93, check it out. Handmake bows, they have years of experience, their machining is precise, and their products are beautiful. Check them out at bivouacboco.com. And finally, I want to introduce a new sponsor of the show. Wild Pursuit Wellness makes premium CBD products. It's all natural, 
broad-spectrum CBD, meaning that there is less than 0.0% THC. It only has two ingredients, CBD and MCT coconut oil. It can be ingested or used topically on the skin to help with muscle soreness or joints. We, we use it a lot after long hikes or, or sits out in the woods. It's grown and extracted right in the Rocky Mountains, and it's shipped directly to you anywhere in the United States. It's great CBD at an extremely low price, and it can be even lower if you use promo code BOGA for 20% off at checkout. Check them out, wildpursuitwellness.com. Yeah, right, exactly. So when you're, this is a debate Jared and I have, and Jared's way more of a stickler about it than I am. Uh, Mm. TP size and how many people you fit into TP. Jared and I have had spirited debates over this where Jared's of the position that you should have a lot of extra room Way too much more than you need. Mm. That's my perception of your position. I, and, sure. and I'm more like, well, you can fit a few more guys in there. I like being comfortable in a tent. <laughs> um, and the way I look at it is my sure. my whole pack is going to take up probably the, the space of another person. So that's how I've – that's how I've, I guess I've always done it. Maybe I'm packing too much, but um, – Well, man, we have all our stuff. You want luxuries. Sure. Right. Well, even when you have the the hot tent or the hot stove going, like you can't, like you can't just start stacking a bunch of guys in there with their gear. Right. Like you want. We did. To. We did fit four in. The what was that an eight person TV? Yep. Yep. With full size cots, and that was that was close. With the stove in the middle, and that was that was a little pushing it, but. So the the stove would be the 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 biggest factor. Mm-hmm determining on you know how many people you fit on the inside um like our, our cimarron we call it a four-person tent you could definitely get four people in there summer backpacking um you know second season in colorado with a wood stove yeah two people would be pretty pretty maxed out you know you don't you're not going to get too many more people in there yeah um and, and i would say it's, it's a lot of a lot of personal preference for people you know if you if you like having your space and you don't want to be cuddling with you know with your buddy see you know, well, get hey, Dennis gets well, it. What's wrong with Dennis Cullen, gets you know? it. I like my space. I don't want to be sitting next to some guy who's breathing all on nose me. Nose to night. toes. Nose to toes. I don't want. Not. I'm not being nut to butt the whole week. <laughs> nose to toes. But yeah, you gotta establish that before you get out there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I like my space. All right, I'll say it. I drive a G6. Yeah. And I like my space. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. So. No. Yeah. No. It's okay. So you're 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 looking more at preference really just based on how much gear you have how many how many people you got yeah yeah totally like when we go um so i go archery hunting every year with my dad in from wisconsin and and we hunt colorado with our bows we all sleep in like solo tents because nobody wants to sleep next to each other you know We, we we all want our own space um do you guys each have stove? No, that's probably early on, so you don't need need any stoves or anything for that. Yeah, yeah, or September. Yeah. I, I, no stoves in where we hunt. It's not. Uh, it's like high desert. Yep. You know, so it's actually probably it's too hot more than it's ever too cold for us. I've yep. been in the high desert. Does it get? Uh, You've been high in frigid the desert. cold. That's totally night? different. <laughs> <laughs> don't. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's helpful. It's 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 a debate we have because I don't I don't know. I, my pers- my perspective is we've never had a cuddle. Just like put some of your stuff out or like I don't know. There was a time you forgot your sleeping bag. I've done that. Yeah, we, I forgot the whole. That was a long time ago, though, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was a that long, was a long that time was a ago. crappy. I'm just night. saying turkey hunting. That sucked. That was that I came slept. that came close to cuddling. That was one of the worst <laughs> nights of sleep I've ever had. That night felt like about two years long. It felt like one twenty twenty. The long night. Yeah, it was it was rough, but uh, but that was early on when we were kind of first figuring out how to do this kind of stuff. And, like, I didn't have my checklist, like, my mental checklist down. Mm-hmm. I'm just throwing stuff in the car and going. And I'm not a guy who's going to pay attention to a lot of details anyways. Yeah. So that's, that's a good question. Do you, are you guys – are you a spreadsheet guy or, an, or like, an anti-spreadsheet? I, um, I, am, I tend to be not a spreadsheet guy, but that has only made me realize the importance of having them. So I've actually 
converted into I I prefer details. I am mm. I am now and I never was a copious note taker. I take notes at work. Do We're you? looking at my notes right now. I take notes, but I never used to. In the in school, I didn't. Like no, I'm I not either. naturally one, but I I don't have a great like I feel like I won't remember anything then. I wouldn't call these notes. I'd <laughs> say a chicken danced around on here. And I, I've gotten into handwriting. Pecked around. I, it's uh, not pretty. But. I took like ten years off from <laughs> writing with my hand at all, <laughs> so it's been bad. <laughs> <laughs> I would say uh, I'm probably more of a a checklist list. Guy. Oh yeah, naturally you are more mm-hmm. analytical in that sense. I like knowing. Okay. He puts the anal in analytics. Hey, if. Those who plan <laughs> fail to plan, fail to plan, plan, plan to, to fail. fail. There you yeah. go. Um, I like having a list of everything, and then getting it together and looking at it, checking it off the list. I'm good to go. I don't have to worry about it because I made a list. You made one I'm last year. You're, are you, have you made one for our uh, yeah. our little trip this year? I haven't yet. It's well, bugging me. I'm gonna forget stuff. It's three weeks out and it's still Is bugging. Is it really? Me. Yep. Oh, you love it. Well, <laughs> I just see. I think I think it's. Um, you know, I think it's important. I do. You know, a lot of people use their um, their spreadsheets to tra- track weight. Yeah. You know, you know uh, so they can get their base weights down. Is this real big in, in the ultralight world? Yeah. Um, I'm not so so big on on the weight stuff, uh, but I do think it's important for people that you know, if you're coming out west for your first, um, you know, your first elk hunt or your first mule deer hunt or something yeah um, I, I do think it's important to just that peace of mind right to know that you at least have everything and, and the other thing it does for you is it, it's going to allow you to um to practice you know you can pack all that stuff up i mean you just do it in your backyard walk outside and, and live out of your backpack for a night and just see how it goes yeah you know that's a good way to do it yeah and that's kind of the great thing about having a list too because then you can I mean, even take a copy of the list with you and write down, all right, I sh- probably should have brought this. Or I didn't need these. Right. And then you can just keep editing that live document. And then that's something I got to do. I'm going to start filling in the weights. That's a great point. For weights for your pack? Just the pack. I think eventually I would like to, even like for whitetail stuff, yeah. I want to see if I can really minimize the stuff I'm taking out there. No, we talk about that a lot. Like the more you do, the more complication you introduce to the hunting that you do. So like suddenly you have this, they have all these things in your pack mm-hmm. with all these Purposes. functions. And it's like, uh, it's sometimes it's like, can I just grab a knife and my bow and, and just make go. it happen? Let's just go. Uh, but yeah, no, it's good to get it down because it's like, it's a balance between wanting to be light like that. And then for the most part, trying to be comfortable. So whether it be packing your pack full of, you know, um, really comfy clothes or just like, like a down layer and like a few things and like that double up, you know, like this is my sleeping bag mm-hmm. and my pants or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting mm-hmm. balance. And I, that's what I've, I've been thinking a lot, putting a lot of thought into that lately, trying to figure that out. So, yeah. Um, one point that I wanted to make for, you know, having a checklist, making sure that's what you have, and then also reviewing it after a hunt or a trip and cutting things out, you know, excess stuff, excess stuff. Um, I was hunting, doing a, a fair amount of uh, elk hunting this year with a, like a, an ultralight backpack that we'd make, like super light, you know, um, and bringing the only thing I would bring for extra clothes was was like a, a puffy top, you know, and I'd just make that work. There was one morning I woke up, I had to wrap myself in my sleeping bag just to, you know, be out of my tent somewhere. <laughs> so, so maybe a little, a little too extreme, but I think that's really important uh, for people just to, you know, enjoy what they're doing is to cut, cut that weight out, you know, and, and just those items as much as you can, you know? Yeah, no, it's, it's like doubling up things. I've done that. Yeah. Uh, I got to ask, um, Jared and I do this quite often too, speaking of kind of the backcountry thing. Do you cook on top of the stove, mm. like directly on it? Sure. Yeah. We, we just posted a, a, a picture today, uh, um, O'Cal or Eric Callahan, um, yep. meat eater, having a, um, mule deer tenderloin on top of the stove, just like right on the stove, that right is, on the titanium. That is lovely. You know, just, um, just oils it up yeah, or something so, or like, well, how do you? Yep. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. Just oils it up and, and throws it on. Man. If you've seen the way James cooks, Awesome. This would be out what, of the what, question. How do I cook? What does that mean? 
Whoa. All right. I, you know what? I, I explained this at Deer Camp last weekend. <laughs> I'll do it again. Okay. Well, this is not how – let me just preface this. This is not how I normally <laughs> camp. This is starvation mode camp eating. In the teepee, when we are at Deer Camp, whenever James decides to wake up, he starts humming first. Mm-hmm. You know, just humming away. But I did not. You've never told me. <laughs> I hum? What? I hum? You hum a little bit. I'm when happy you're, to when be you're, there. When, you're try, <laughs> when he's trying to find everything, right? Just humming around, talking to himself. <laughs> Finally gets his stove uh, lit up and just ripping hot. Puts his little pan on there. And the oil that he uses is like a – it's a it's coconut, coconut oil. oil. Yeah, but yeah. It's, what, What's lovely about it is it congeals so it doesn't drip or anything yep. when you're out. So it's almost like little rocks. Mm-hmm. He, sh- he shakes them out of his mason jar, yep. puts it in his mouth, and you hear a – Oh, you got to bite. Well, I, I get a, a giant chunk sometimes, so I got to bite like He's a hunk off. bite a chunk off, it. and he then throws it in the pan, <laughs> which is already screaming hot. So now this oil's starting to render. It's just and sizzling now he's, everywhere. Now he's on to finding his eggs, which is that's his main staple in the morning, which protein, I don't blame him. It's a great, great source of protein. Yeah. So he finds his eggs, and this heat, this oil is just like it's smoking hot. It's about to start on fire, and then here come the <laughs> eggs. <laughs> and it they're is. just cooking so fast i like to think of that as my alarm that he finds a spoon and you know 10 seconds later the whole tent's full of burning eggs and we're all starting to wake up to beautiful burning egg smell i'm hungry though so (laughs) with that in mind i can only imagine the amount of we're gonna cook smoking crap you would make on the top of the stove (laughs) in in three weeks we're gonna be in west virginia (laughs) hunting bears and hunting deers if we get one Mm. we're cooking on that stove I'll tell you what, you put it on that, and I'll cook it in that birch barrel that we're taking along. Ooh, I've never done it. What, what is that birch barrel thing? Like, I, I know it's, like, just an open flame. Um, It is a design that I think, I don't know if a lot of people are familiar with. I'm not too familiar with it. I know it's a, I know it's a barrel. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it got a big flame you know? in it, right? Open <laughs> flame cooking. Yeah. I don't know too much yeah, about well, it. It's open flame, but it, um, it the thing about the birch barrel that makes it unique is that you can put the top down and so you can smoke in it as well. Oh, so gotcha. you can, you can do all kinds of, all kinds of things with the birch barrel. Oh yeah. 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 Like, it's like a suspended charcoal pit. My, my th- so I like yep. them, but it seems to me, I, it can't be your main mode of cooking outside. No. Like this, we got pellet grills and like that's my main way. This would have to be a like this wouldn't supplement. This would be a supplement. It would not supplant. It would not take the place mm. of a pellet, right? It doesn't look like it would. Yeah, or or you know, it's a campfire as well, right? You can take the top yep. off and have campfire. Yeah. So. No, that uh, the cooking on that stove would be be definitely something we could try. And I think we. Yeah, and, and you know, a lot of people cook on it with that, you know, with the pan, right? They don't mm. just cook right on top of it, right. you know, just just searing things on, on the top of the stove. Are, but, are you worried though um, that I'm going to get oil on your beautiful sleeping pad that you no, bring I'm out? No, I'm just worried you're just smoking out the place again. Do you know what you're? <laughs> are you? Do you know what I'm referring to when I say your sleeping pad? The bed cover. Oh, that, that thing's beautiful. Don't bring that into here. No, so leave her be. If we're telling stories, here, here's another camping thing. <laughs> And I'll give him credit. This is a great idea. So a lot of times we'll just, it'll be like a car camping trip. And so Jared will bring mm-hmm. this uh, mattress topper. Where did you get that mattress topper? I don't know. It's I yours. It, I don't know where it came from. I think the people who you bought the house from left it up here. Nice. That's, that's nasty, man. Now he'll take a mattress topper <laughs> and fold it in half. You you really mm. you, you you do that and then you put other things on top and then you're sleeping bag. The thing is, it condenses down it does. pretty far if you put enough weight on it and you've got enough strings on it. It's the size of a a normal like camping mat. Granted, it's not waterproof, so if you're laying on like wet grass or if it's gonna you're gonna get on, wet, you know, yeah, it's gonna come through. I will sure. say, look over there. You'll, if you look over there, you'll see that I got one too. Because <laughs> I, I liked it. It was like ten bucks at uh, Walmart. I'm like, just saying, sitting on like eight inches of foam, beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> what, what's are you? Uh, are you? You're. I mean, you're. You're much more hardcore camper out like backcountry than us. Like, what's your? What's your take on these sleeping bed pads? Because you know, I've looked at the yellow fold-up ones that are like silver on one side, yellow on the other. Sure. I've looked at the inflatables. Sure. I've looked at the Jared. You know, mm. concoctions. Like, what, what's your? Uh, what's your <laughs> yeah. go-to? Yeah, um, I would say most people once they try 
and then like inflatables if you try the z rest which is what you're talking about that that yellow on one side silver on the other yeah uh, yes kind of from yep. Thermarest, like the, the accordion style thing yeah um if you if you try that and you sleep on it and you're like oh yeah okay that worked and then you try an inflatable it's really hard to ever go back mm-hmm. from, oh really oh yeah from an inflatable yeah they're just you know they're just gonna be that much more is that what i have that red one you do but that's I don't know. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't it. call it. It's an inflatable, but it's. It, I don't think it's. It's old. Is talking about. I got it from a guy that was mm-hmm. in my Bible study who moved to Arizona, and he's like, "Hey, man, you want all my camping stuff?" I'm like, "Sure." So I got like cookware. I got an old tent that I, mm-hmm. you know, I got, and I got his uh, his sleeping pad, which I've just used because it was free. That works pretty well. Yeah, is it is is it like a self-inflating? Yeah, you t- screw type? the top thing, and it's the uh, what's the brand? I can't even. It's red. It's red and gray. It's a thermarest. Not thermarest. It's like, hey, it'll come to me. I don't remember what it is now. But yeah, it's like a yeah, that's right. just like a camping. Sure. Company. Yeah. So so I would say it's kind of you know I've, I've gone I've gone super plush for years, and I've kind of gone back. I started. Um, sleeping on like a Z rest this year, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, just to just to save weight in in those things. Um, but I think I think like the standard Thermarest Pro Light Plus, for you know if people you can look that up, it, it's a self inflator, so it has some foam on the inside, yeah. Uh, but it's not it's not like four inches. It's you know it's only like an inch inch and a half thick or something. Um, I, I think that's kind of a good balance and at least a good starting point for a lot of people. Uh, you know, because they're pretty cheap too. They're like a, you know, hundred bucks or something. Yeah, versus not, that's maybe not some bad. ultralight ones. That are like, yeah, two hundred bucks. You know. But you can blow. The only problem with the inflatables, and being in a, a warm teepee, is you can you can pop those things. You get a little heat on them. You sit sure. on a rock or something pointy. You hate to There's, see it. But they sure. have they have the. Don't you guys have the Mick? What's it called? The McMaddy Matt Matt McMaddy. Yeah, the, the Maddie McMatt face. Maddie McMatt face. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and so that, you know, that's, uh, kind of a, a take on, on the Z rest, you know, kind of, a um, closed cell foam that you can roll out, you can f- fold in on itself and, and make it, you know, um, I think it gets a half inch thick or something. Um, yeah. And, and the, the cool thing with those is, yeah, you, you can put holes in them and they don't stop working and they're super light. They're they're super light in in comparison, and you can so. take them out and glass on them. You fold, you do if you get the Z rest or Z whatever the thing is, and you sit on it or something out there. Yeah, all the time. You know, it's always my sit pad uh, for glassing, and then I can sleep on it at night. So it it serves two purposes, you know, uh, which is good. Yeah. Versus kind of those inflatables, you kind of got a you got a baby. I mean, I like telling people it's like bringing a a balloon in the woods. It's probably not <laughs> right. gonna last that long, you know. Yeah, and you just hate it when you're on the ground. You get a day in, you pop that bad boy. It's a rough. Oh uh, yeah, or it's a slow leak, you know. Oh, and so yeah. it, it starts off great, and then four hours later, <laughs> you're, you're hip, you're hip down on a rock. Like, what's happening? <laughs> that's it's how just all... that slow creep onto that rock, dude. That's like, how you know something's coming. It's like, oh, it's like when yeah. they first came out with those inflatable mattresses, and you go to a sleepover. I'd always go to my cousins. I always remember halfway through the night. My ass is touching the floor, and I'm like, it's like I'm in a chair. You know, it's like, oh, I gotta blow this thing up. And just dang it. giving you a big hug. Worst sleeping. I used to go to my. We would come when I lived in uh, New Jersey. We'd come to Illinois, visit my my brother and sister in law. So Laura and I would have to share a uh, a one of those inflatable mattresses, and it always it always leaks. So I wake up and I would be so mad. I'm tired from the drive in, and it's butts touching the ground, but. <laughs> You're in like a V shape. Yeah, exactly. And right? it's just like you're like stinking. Yeah. Anytime you're interrupted in your sleep, you're just not the next day you're just you're not as sharp as you should be, you know. Yeah, totally. And, and so backcountry would be even worse, right? Yeah. You know, uh you are probably hiked in some distance anyways. Uh it's probably not as warm as you would like it to be. Yeah. It's not comfortable. Times, yep. so. Yeah, yeah. You're you're always you're fighting all kinds of things and then having to roll off your pad at uh, one in the morning and give it more air is just not not so much fun no no it's well and actually this is this is making me think of the the night where we're up every hour feeding the fire because it was when it was super cold out yeah and we had right. crappy wood yeah we, we had crappy wood actually this is the question though and i'm glad you said crappy wood 
Uh, also, coincidentally, that's your nickname in high school. Oh, crappy wood, <laughs> crappy wood, crappy wood Gortzma. <laughs> uh, but when you're out, so one thing I've noticed is you go, say you're going to go car camping with the family, right? You go and you, you sure. get one of those roadside stands. Here's some wood, five bucks a, a bundle or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. They're long. They're longer than the stove itself. And so I always end up cutting it. But I want to know, like, what's your, when you're cutting wood out mm, that's there. That's a good question. Like, what, what do you, do you use a saw? Do you use one of those, like, uh, the stringer things that you just kind of, like, you loop around and you, what do you, <laughs> yeah, 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 what do you no use? <laughs> those things are terrible. They um, are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, so a uh, compact, like, a, um, I'm going to forget if it's a six inch or an eight inch. Uh, or seven inch it's something like that but the silky brand of saws like the foldable saws yep would be my just my favorite right and um if you're if you're car camping and you're not um again not carrying it in anywhere you can get bigger versions of those silky saws yep um, but that's that's hand down and and i think you guys probably know that like just from trimming out trees for yep. white tails and stuff it's the same thing right just a foldable saw that you can use to use to cut them up yeah no that that works i was thinking of just strapping a chainsaw to the top of the, the car god you imagine you know just throw it up there yeah i'm real tempted at those kind of uh smaller electric saws same here you know the smaller uh steel electric saws i think i think there's something there man i saw who did i say i think it was ryan callahan was using i'm like i brought it up to my dad i'm like hey dad you ever see these uh electric uh, you know, oh, chainsaws. Nice play. Nice play. He'll get and he he looked at me and he goes, he said something about <laughs> me being a communist. I think <laughs> it's yeah. like, like who in the right mind? Although he drives an electric car, yeah, so like, wait, wait, it's it's a double standard. Hmm. Of course, of course. If I told him that's that had a, that saw had a touch screen, I think it changes mind. <laughs> <laughs> it will cut itself. Yeah, that's right. I think it it just makes a lot of sense, right? Because they're so they're clean. You yeah. know, I think Callahan's running like vegetable oil or something in his. Is, uh, you know, if it spills, you can practically like lick it up. Right. Yeah, or put it in that big old stash. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but but you could you could store it in your in your car, then it's not as big a deal, you know. Yeah, you're not like wrapping it in towels or like mm-hmm. trying to figure out what to put it in. No, I'm always yeah, exactly. I'm very cognizant of gas in the car. As a kid, when I was 16, took the I uh, was supposed to go get more gas for the jet ski or four wheeler mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. So I hop in the car, I go get gas, and the way back, I'm driving, I'm like, smells like gas. Smells like gas in here. It spilled the entire five gallons of gas. <laughs> All of it came out in the car. I had to take the, the flooring out of the car. I re-upholstered the floor. What car? Uh, it was it was a red grand, or not grand, just a red caravan. Oh, okay. We had, it was the stupidest car. I, I hated that. But I did know how I did install the uh, the the floor, the uh, the carpet in there. Not hard, actually. You just put a big big piece in there, and you just cut out holes for all the parts, and you put there it right back go. together. There you go. And I'm not mechanically inclined. So there's a tip for everybody: if you spill gas, just rip it out and do it yourself. <laughs> One thing I want to touch on: you were talking about wood. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes sometimes it's hard to come by or sometimes it's, it's really wet, Yeah, you know? Um, and we get, we get asked this question a fair amount, you know, is, can I burn a, um, you know, a condensed log in my stove mm, yeah. you know, or, or whatnot to just to get longer burn times or pellets. and things like that. Yeah. Or, or pellets. Um, yeah. I, I think, you know, I, I don't have a ton of experience with pellets, but I think you, you just need to be able to get them off the bottom a little bit, you know, give mm-hmm. them some air. Right. Um, I don't, I don't, have you guys burned pellets? No. Somebody no. was telling me this. No, <laughs> no. I'm not kidding. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought you were I'm just like, joking. I don't think that would work, but I don't know why it wouldn't work. It's got to have a fan on it. And... I don't know. Yeah, they just don't get enough air. They're so small, you know. So you, you got to be able to give them a little bit more air. Mm-hmm. Got to get them air. Um, at least, at least, at least in my experience. Um, but there, there are, um, there are compressed logs that have that burn really, really dirty. You know, so mm-hmm. I definitely yeah. want to shy people away from burning. Like, uh, I'm gonna forget the name brands of them, but some of them are, are really dirty, and they'll they'll clog up your spark arrestor uh, and just you know essentially pour smoke back into your tent. Beautiful. Um, you don't want that. Don't want that. But we did find two um, that I know of. There's something called an Idaho Energy compressed Idaho Energy log. 
Um, and it's, it's essentially compressed sawdust. Yep. And it's all clean. Um, yep. Those work really, really well, actually, like very well what in kind, our stoves. What kind of burn time are they getting? Um, yeah, so if you can, it, it depends if you can get the whole log in there, but right. they're going to extend it, extend it a fair amount, you know? And so what, what guys have been doing, um, and I'm saying like, like maybe double the time that you're used to, mm-hmm. you know, which, which is significant with, yeah. our, with our stoves. Oh yeah. Um, but what guys have been doing is they've been taking them and cutting them into like hockey pucks. Nice. And so they'll, they'll, they'll start with one of those on the bottom and then put maybe wet or wetter logs over oh, the top. Yeah. Smart. Uh, yeah, and, and and they burn super hot, you know, super hot. Yeah, that's that's, not a, that's not a bad idea. That's the the log. The other the question actually to piggyback on dirt, dirty burn and logs. Like if I threw pine in there, <laughs> am I going to have an issue? Like we've we've, high yeah. heat. we've debated this before too. We've talked about this. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. So anything that's going to be sappy, right, is going to burn just a little bit more dirty. Yep. Um, and you run the risk of, of clogging up kind of that spark arrestor in there. That and pine burns real fast, real hot. It does. I, I've only ever debated it really. Like, what if it's, things are wet? I just use like a, a couple little twigs of it because you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. that'll at least get because that oil in there burns so fast, so well to get things started. Mm-hmm. But yeah, totally. And, and you guys are in an advantage, right? Because you have a uh, typically, anyways, in, in in many spots, you have you have a a variety of tree types. Yes, we do. You know, so you, so you are able to get more, like maybe you can get some off of a maple or, or whatnot. You, you just have some choices. Yeah. Um, out West, we, we run into like, you know, you get one choice. Right. Sure. <laughs> these, like, you know, these fir trees or whatnot is all you, all you get in this drainage. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, guys run into issues burning kind of those sappy woods, you know, Sappy Woods, the nickname of Jared's. Uh, that's no, that's your band name in high school. The Sappy, Sappy Woods. <laughs> Shut up, dude. You're really nailing it today. Yeah, you are. <laughs> uh, no, that's that's good. That's that, these are little questions that we've we have thought of as we've spent time. You know, actually, what we should have done tonight, we should have set up the TP and podcast out of a crackling fire TP. We got to take that out mm-hmm. on a test run before we go. Yeah, we do. We probably should go to West Virginia. Go, you know. Get it, get it out, warm it up a little bit. I almost took it up to Sleeping Bear two weeks ago, but it got to like seventy degrees. Perfect, you know. And no, the problem was the girls, my wife and daughter, they don't want to go in if there's a chance of bugs, and I don't have the the uh, the nest or, mm. or whatever mm-hmm. on the on the bottom. Oh yeah. And so yeah, they're yeah. like, well, let's just take the other tent. And I was really secretly disappointed because I, I, I'm fine with it. It's a nice tent, but it's just nice. I like the teepee. It's uh, it's nice to be in yeah. there. Yeah, we work on getting you one of those nests for that thing. And you know, I think I think that and you guys have an eight-person TP, correct? Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. So, I, like personally, I think the eight-person TP with that with that half nest, we're gonna call it a half uh, screen room or, yep. or whatnot. You know, for people, it's got a floor in it and it's got uh, bug netting all the way around. I, I think that's the ultimate family tent. Yeah, you know yeah. Mean? Every time, every time I go you car camping or something that's that's what i'm choosing you know every time yeah that's it's cool that you, you it's cool to take your kid out camping like it's it's one of my favorite things to do uh we, we try to do it for a couple of weeks a year and it's i don't know you play cards you like see storms and you mm-hmm. see all these things and you're just kind of together in a little tent it's, it's fun it's good stuff are you gonna take yeah your, you're gonna take your kids out jared when they uh get old old enough you're taking them camping i bet you why it would be a mean camper yeah, yeah, he's gonna be. Yeah, he's gonna be a good camp buddy. I think so. Uh, I think uh, Hazel will probably be a good one too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they've already expressed a, an, an interest in camping out in the backyard, but really? um, just haven't had time to do it. So maybe we'll do I it up here spring. next summer. Yeah, yeah. I think you do. That's that's a good place to start, and then you slowly work mm-hmm. a little bit farther away. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. You are you regularly setting teepees up in your yard? Because I've seen a lot, uh, several videos of you. Uh, and you just got a yard full of teepees set up. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, being at home and yeah, being at home and stuff, uh, I do uh, do a fair amount. Just to, uh, I again, I, I spend a little bit of time uh, with our design stuff, so yep. I might even get early, early protos that I get to set up and kind of play with and see how, uh, at least my opinion on, on how they work and stuff. So yeah, yeah, I I, I do, and uh, we're actually moving into a a different place uh this week i'm gonna have more yard space so you're gonna see nice. more tents set up in my yard yeah 
I'm lo really looking forward to that because actually, question about tent, tent setting up tents. I wrote this down. Mm -hmm. All right, so you're this is picture the situation. You're uh, camping, and you are in a rocky place or something, and like three of your tent pegs you can't drive into the ground. Like, what's what do you what's your how do you go about combating that? Sure, um, big rocks, you know, are, are kind of like your yeah your best way uh, to to try to get something. And another thing is if if you can get um, so yeah so big rocks uh, placed in those spots and yep. wrapping the tent around those you know um you might have to use multiples the other thing would be you know maybe if you you know doing some research beforehand helps you know for yeah. me i'm, I'm hunting, hunting that high desert i know it's going to be hard so I'd, I'd take different stakes you know and so yep. for me a longer stake is better um because if if i can get, you know if i can get it in the ground at all you know and it it's going to hold better than maybe a shorter stakes going to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you, if you can't just, if you, lots of guys, uh, using our tents on kind of rock bars in Alaska, you know, along river systems in Alaska and stuff. Yep. Um, they're, they're literally just, um, just using rocks, you know, yeah. rocks on the corners tied down as best you can. Um, you know, I don't, um, I don't condone this, but in, in a pinch it would work and you can just lay it right on the fabric. You know, if you, if you had to, I've been there. I've I've had to I've had to do that before. Yeah, you hate to do it, but it sometimes you got to do it. It's gotta happen sometimes, man. Yeah, totally. And, and our fabric's pretty tough. You know, it's pretty tough. But um, you know, so please please use the you know nice round edged. <laughs> we haven't put a hole in ours yet. That's for sure. Yeah, don't jinx it. Right. I know. It's... But if we did, um, we know you guys guys uh, you guys always answer a lot of the questions that we have and i know that you'll always take uh you're you're always available. Answer, you, yeah you're you guys are always available where can people kind of uh find more about you learn about more about your gear and just stay up to date with you guys sure yeah so um seekoutside.com is where you can where you can find our, our stuff and again we uh we do have a sale going on right now okay um, you know 10 percent off 10 percent off from free shipping uh for the united states so uh, definitely go check that out. Um, I don't know. I guess when this will air, but you know, uh, two weeks. But they'll plan for next year. <laughs> sure, and it, it, it might still be going on. You know, yeah, uh, that's fine. No, no, no. Yeah. And we we have a discount. Listen to the beginning of this podcast. You get yourself a, a fat discount. So, boom. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah so dot com. Uh, you can find us on uh, all the social medias. You know, spend a, a lot of time on on Facebook and Instagram. And and honestly, we have a, a really active. Uh, it's called Seek Outside Adventures. It's a Facebook group. Okay, uh, that, that's a really good spot, man. If you, um, you know, if you feel like I don't have all the answers or, or whatnot, or you want like real world experience rather, rather than just hearing it from me all the time, yeah, sure. uh, that's a good good spot to go and get people's opinions, you know, from all over the world. In there, lots of guys in the UK uh, talking about our stuff. So yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah, really I mean, cool. it's just it's cool. Yeah, cool. Well, Dennis, thank you for, for coming and spending some time with us and putting up with our shenanigans for, for a little while. Mm -hmm. We appreciate it. Absolutely, yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, cool. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Boga Hunting Podcast. If you guys like what you hear and want to follow along on what we're currently up to, hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on and follow us on Instagram at Boga Hunting. Join us next week, and we'll see you then.